0: Welcome to Puckheads. I'm Matt Rosenberg, uh, all by myself again this week. Zach uh, had some personal business to attend to, so he will be back next week. But wanted to drop a quick little podcast here on December 9th, and just a few things to get through this week. The first thing, the first news, uh, is the Calgary Flames will be staying in Calgary for 35 years is they get a lease. For a new stadium with the City of Calgary and the Calgary Stampede Rodeo, they all came to agreement. This has been a contentious point for the Calgary Flames, who have had Gary Bettman threaten that the Flames would leave Calgary if they could get not get a new stadium. They were finally successful. It is going to be 35 years. This construction is slated to begin in 2021. Which means that the new stadium should be ready for the Calgary Flames in either twenty twenty four. I would assume, uh, twenty twenty five by the latest for the Calgary Flames. This is a good thing for the NHL to keep the teams, uh, obviously, in the cities that they're currently in, but as well to be in Calgary, another Canadian team, not having them lose and and it's a very good thing for the Calgary Flames. The Project is projected to cost $417 million. Some other news around the NHL. Evander Kane fined $5,000 for elbowing Rato Gukas, and it was just a very nasty incident, incident for Evander Kane, and not a great look for him. Unfortunately, he does have a history of physical play, and getting caught up in this stuff, and for Evander Kane. I mean, $5,000 did not lose any game. So. Uh, and then there's the continuing saga of coaches getting in trouble. We talked about last week Bill Peters being let go in Calgary. He resided on his own accord. Uh, he was going to be fired if he did not resign. Like, Let's look at that from an honest and truthful point. But Mark Crawford, an assistant coach of the Chicago Blackhawks, he was placed on leave while they investigate uh, allegations that he hit players and uh, verbally abused them, and again, just not a great look for the NHL, and a topic that Zach and I are going to be delving into next week when he is back, so uh, that that's something that we're going to be talking about, a focus of the conversation, and something that, It's been good to see the NHL players speaking up on their own behalf and, you know, something that they need to do. And it's a good thing to see because this is, it's not the old days anymore. The NHL needs to have a more inclusive culture, one that says it's not okay to physically or verbally abuse players. You just can't get away with that anymore. It's unacceptable if you were to think about that in any other terms that it's acceptable. It's not, uh, you know, a tolerable form of behavior. And this is something that's going to be taken care of, and I think the NHL is going to get a handle on it relatively quickly. Talking about a few teams around the league as we go around the league, as we do every week, and talk about some of the more surprising stories and surprising teams, the Boston Bruins finally lost their first game in regulation at home this weekend on Saturday against the Colorado Avalanche. It was a 4-1 to loss for the Boston Bruins at the TD Garden against the Colorado Avalanche and the first loss all year in regulation. And after a miraculous comeback by the Boston Bruins two nights earlier when they were down three goals in the third period to the Chicago Blackhawks and forced overtime only to lose to the Blackhawks in overtime on a Jonathan Tate's game winner. And so, I mean, the Boston Bruins kind of flirting with danger at times during the streak, and and it ended, but what a miraculous start to the season for the Boston Bruins, with just an incredible performance at home, and, you know, to go two months in the season without losing a game in regulation at home is, to me, pretty darn impressive, and, you know, they just continue finding ways to win, and this is a fun team to watch, and in that comeback against the Chicago Blackhawks, it was Multiple guys to uh, Tory crew with a goal, and and just getting performances all up and down the lineup, and and it goes to show you what incredible depth and talent that the Boston Bruins have as a hockey club. Uh, going on to talk about the surging. Uh, and surprising Arizona Coyotes who are now tied for the lead in the Pacific Division with the Edmonton Oilers at 40 points as we record this on Monday, December 9th. And, you know, the Arizona Coyotes, it's, it's not a team that's got a whole lot of superstar power. It's more done by, led by just tremendous goaltending with Darcy Kemper and Antti Ranta who have posted a goals-against average combined in the low twos. They have a save percentage of close to 930, uh, three shutouts, and it's been tremendous to watch the Arizona Coyotes just continue to win hockey games. And this is a club, remember, last year they made a late push to the playoffs, and one could argue that if they hadn't gotten hit by the injury bug at the end of the year, they might have stolen the playoff spot. And so I don't know if it's entirely surprising but I think people would have expected myself included some regression from this team in the fact that you look at their star power or their lack of star power and it's a team that just has it doesn't seem like it'd be able to keep up with the big boys that were like McDavid and the Drysaddle and the San Jose Sharks and the Vegas Golden Knights but they continue to do so and you look at it uh, I mean, this is a team that only has six goals from Phil Kessel, only five goals from Clayton Keller. And yet, with a leading scorer, Nick Schmaltz, at only 22 points, uh, one you know, double-digit goal scorer in Connor Garland, who has 12 goals, this team continues to get it done. Their goaltending has been spectacular all year long. Darcy Kemper is in the top two of most categories in the goals against. Uh, He has had a fantastic save percentage, and this is a team that just, they're exciting to watch. They're fun, and and they're young, and and they don't know any better. It's just incredible to watch. The other team in the Western Conference that continues to surprise, how about the plucky Winnipeg Jets? They just continue to get it done. And this is a team, they're led by Mark Scheifele, Blake Wheeler, of course. Scheifele, the leading scorer. Patrick Laine has 28 points. Uh, He's got eight goals, and Looks like he's going to have a rebound campaign. i not sure where the goal-scoring prowess has gone for Patrick Laine. Uh, you know, he's not even at double-digit goals, but and this is another team that's led by a fantastic gold Connor Hellebuck has been phenomenal all year long. I, you look at Connor Hellebuck, and he's 15-7-3 with a 2.2 goals against average and a 9.34 save percentage. This is a team that just, they can... Continue to get it done, and I, I'm just constantly amazed by the Winnipeg Jets without Dustin Bufflin. Uh, you know Josh Morrissey and Neal Pottic are leading this team on the blue line. They they're averaging about twenty three minutes a night, and they're up there among the lead leaders or team leaders, excuse me, in scoring. And this is a Winnipeg Jets team that's fun to watch as well. And I don't think anybody, I certainly did not expect this after the news of Dustin Bufflin being out. ...for an indefinite amount of time... ...I thought this team would fold and they haven't... ...and give credit to Paul Maurice... ...and the job that he has done... ...with this Winnipeg Jets team... ...it's another just fun... ...story to watch... ...and it's something that I think is going to... ...really bear watching now that we're getting... ...into those kind of... ...really important months of December... and ...January... ...and you know the first half of February... ...before we get ready for the stretch run... It's going to be fun to see where this team goes. One of the other things that we got to talk about is the Blackhawks and their up and downness, their inconsistency that they continually show. And, you know, uh, going with some of the stuff that Zach gave me and some of the notes that he gave me for the show, of course, without him being uh, on the show tonight, but, you know, this is extremely frustrating. And Zach and I were talking about this last night that this is just not a playoff team. They're too inconsistent, they're up and down. Going back to the, over the last week, they get shut out at home by the St. Louis Blues score 0 nothing. Then they come to Boston. They they're smacking them around. They're winning three nothing. They blow that lead. Uh and they have to win in overtime because of a Jonathan Tay's game winner. Uh the New Jersey Devils, they're getting beat. They're only in it by you know, out of it by one. They tie the game up, they go to a shootout, they win in five rounds, with Kirby Doc getting the game winner and Corey Crawford, Stonewalling Jack Hughes, and then last night, you know, they're playing the Arizona Coyotes, a team that doesn't give up a lot of first-period goals, only 18, they put up 3 on the Arizona Coyotes, they're up 3-1 after the first period, but again, it's, you know, they give away the lead with poor defense, defense has had a dumpster fire at times, and they lose in a shootout, you know, 4-3. to three. And, you know, one of the things that Robin Leonard is very weak at is shootouts. He, he just does not like them. And, you know, they play like a top team in the league, against Zach mentions, And then they drop three in a row. There's just no consistency. But Corey Crawford and Robin Leonard, if this team did not have Corey Crawford or Robin Leonard, they'd be where the Detroit Red Wings are right now. Because they give up way too many high-quality shots, too many chances, too many odd-man rushes. You know, the offense is also concerning because it dips and dives. The peaks and valleys, they're not sustained, you know, especially the peaks. The valleys seem to be more sustained than the peaks. And, uh, you know, that doesn't really expect much to change. You know, they ended November 1-5, and, and after he said that, that would make it break the season. And, you know, you look at it for the Blackhawks, when you see this talent, and Alex up. he's had three goals in, in the last three games, three games in a row— uh, Jonathan Tays has been heating up. He's had several goals over the past couple of games. You know, you look at this and this team is it's just they're frustrating to watch because it doesn't make sense. We get this team, they continue to struggle and it's inconsistency. You see the skill, but then you see head scratching things, defense not getting pots out, and it just does not help this team. When you win two, and well now you'll, you'll probably lose two, three in a row, or just too up and down this year. And I think it's time for a lot of us to come to the reality that the Chicago Blackhawks are most likely going to miss the playoffs for yet another year. That would be the third consecutive year that the Blackhawks have missed the playoffs. And let's transition into some more happier news with some of our top teams of the week. I'm going to go first. The number three, Colorado Avalanche, they've won six in a row. And this Colorado Avalanche team has been a lot of fun to watch. You see Gabriel Landeskog, you see Nathan McKinnon, uh, Kael McCartney. looks like he's going to be out for a few games, as does um, Philip Grubauer. But this Colorado Avalanche Team, you know, you think that they're left for dead, and then all of a sudden, now they start picking up wins. An impressive win over the Boston Bruins, as I mentioned earlier, on Saturday night, 4-1 to in Boston. But this Colorado Avalanche team, a lot of fun to watch. They have the most goals in the Western Conference, 107 goals scored. And they also have the least amount of goals allowed in the Western Conference. Or, excuse me, second least amount of goals behind the Arizona Coyotes, and Dallas uh, Stars. So, actually, third uh, when you look at it. But, the Colorado Avalanche, uh, 19-8-2. And my number two team, the Washington Capitals, the points leaders, 22-4-5. I think what's impressive, they have four goals, four players in the top 40 in points in the NHL. Uh, Brian Holtby, among the league leaders, in wins. But, you know, this Capitals team, they come at you with waves. Uh, Jacob Verana has... 15 goals already this season. And I, what's most impressive is they've done a lot of their work on the road. They are 14-2-1 on the road. Uh, they have only played 14 games at home of their 31. This is an impressive team on the road. They have 14 wins. Uh, just sweet how impressive they are. Uh, my number one team, the Boston Bruins, 24-6, sets, 12-1-5 uh, at home. Uh, just impressive. And, you know, I give... The edge to the Boston Bruins because of their goaltending. Tukaraz has been phenomenal all year long. To me, the front runner for the Vezina, it's going to be a very tough Vezina race. But this guy has made some incredible saves one after another and just continues to get it done. And to me, the Tukaraz, I've seen him just have to stop breakaways and really bail out the Boston Bruins at times. And that just gives me that slight edge uh over the Washington Capitals. Zach is gonna go with his three teams. He has number three, the Saint Louis Blues. Jordan Bennington and the defense are playing the best in the league in his opinion. Uh and I mean how can you argue with that? Jordan Bennington showing that he's not a one hit wonder and, and neither are the St Louis Blues. Uh the offense is doing enough to win great games, uh which is incredible, especially when you you know, acknowledge that they are missing their best offensive player, Vladimir Tarasenko, and they've been without him for a while. i just say that the penalty kill could be better. Uh, it's 11th in the league, but really, that's just a minor complaint that Zach uh, points out. You're really looking at poking holes in the legitimacy of the St. Louis Blues, and an 11th-rate penalty kill will still get it done, as Zach mentions. Uh, number two, the Boston Ruins. As he said, both special teams in the top 10, an amazing power play, uh, top wide playing the how we expect. I mean, Brad Marchand and David posternick in the top 5 in points. Pasterdick is the league leader in goals. He has 25 goals in 30 games. They're great at home, and as Zach says, and, and I mentioned as well, with Rask, probably the best in the league so far. I mean, coming off that incredible Stanley Cup final run uh, where Game 7 was not his fault, and... You know, he's just picked it up and really seems to have elevated his game. And going into his number one ranked team, the Washington Capitals, top five offense, a top 10 goaltending, top 10 special teams. And one thing that Zach points out, John Carlson's been amazing so far. He has 42 points in uh, 31 games. And you look at it, 11 goals already, just an absolute monster. By far, the clear front runner uh for the norris trophy this year john carlson has just been phenomenal and i don't know how anybody's gonna catch up to him if he continues to play at this torrid base i mean you're looking at a defenseman who's making a run at a hundred point season which is something just mind-boggling to think about all right going on to our players of the week uh i'm gonna go first I chose Sergei Bobrovsky. Two wins this week for the Florida Panthers, and he was phenomenal in both of them. A 969 save percentage. He allowed one goal in both of those games. And for someone who got off to a slow start, maybe this could be what ignites him and allows him to take a longer run uh, at some sustained success, and that would definitely carry the Florida Panthers. Zach's player of the week is Semyon Varlamov. From the New York Islanders. A 9.53 save percentage in two games. For Longmont. Just two big wins for the Islanders. And he was a huge reason. For the New York Islanders. Who continue to play very well. uh, Second place in the Metropolitan Division. Games of the week. We both have games of the week. On Wednesday night. I took the late game. Between Philadelphia Flyers. And Colorado Avalanche. Uh, this is Zach Colorado. We're gonna find out a lot about this Flyers team, how real they are, and can they continue this hot pace that they've been at? They have played phenomenal over the last month, last five weeks or so. We'll see if the Carter Hart and the Philadelphia Flyers can go into Colorado, a tough place to win, and see if they can steal a win there. Meanwhile, Zach's uh, game of the week is the early game. And both of these games, by the way, on NBC Sports thats So a great night of hockey. Wednesday night, the Boston Bruins at the Washington Capitals, the two best teams in the league, the two highest point total teams in the league. Uh, It's just going to be a phenomenal game. And as Zach mentions, he thinks it's the game of the season so far. Top two teams in the league, and Zach thinks it's going to be fantastic. I know that he's going to be sitting in front of his TV watching that game uh, because he can't wait. Uh, Two Eastern Conference teams that have been at the top for a long time, continuing the battle for Eastern Conference supremacy. And now we'll go to our signature segment, Smith's Hits. Again, with Zach being out, I will try to fill in admirably in his stead. He is 13 for 9 on the podcast kit, pits and overall, 20 and 18. A rough week of betting for him, 2 and 5. Overall, we got 3 pits for him to get back on the winning track, and you as well. These are all Tuesday night games, so tomorrow night, Uh, The St. Louis Blues at the Buffalo Sabres is the over is uh, over under is 5.5. Zach says bet the over, especially with the way the Buffalo Sabres are playing. Jack Eichel, 13-game point streak in St. Louis has been able to put up some points lately. It's going to be a fun one to watch for that one, and uh, should be a really good game, Uh, the other one, Detroit at Winnipeg, the money line is minus 245 for Winnipeg, they are heavily favored, Detroit is one of the worst teams in the league, I would actually add on that, they are the worst team in the league, and that says take Winnipeg in the no-brainer, Detroit has only seven wins in 31 games so far, it's, oh man, tough times for that franchise, it's a shame to see, A franchise that was the model of consistency go on such rough times his final pick again all these games tuesday the new jersey devils at dallas the money line minus 190 zach says this should be a no-brainer pick the new jersey devils another team that is having a very very rough year and the dallas stars play very well uh they've gotten hot lately no uh, thanks to jamie ben ben bishop phenomenal uh more depth scoring from this Dallas Stars team so Zach says take the Dallas Stars it's a no-brainer pick over the struggling struggling New Jersey Devils well that's all the time that we have for this week Uh, Zach will be back next week we'll have a brand new podcast we'll be talking about a whole lot of things and a lot of fun uh next week as we get into some more deeper topics so uh of course Zach Smith I'm Matt Rosenberg. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great week, everybody.